Hey, this is Pastor Jesse of City Lights Church, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you and confirms the fact that the kingdom of God is a present reality in our lives that you get to live out. You get to be God's ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. That's exciting news. We also hope that our messages challenge your identity to help you understand who you really are in Christ. I hope that you're blessed by this message today. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, if you're new here, I'm Ben. I'm one of the I'm the actual associate pastor here. Jesse and his family are on vacation, so this week you get me. Uh, so if you don't like me, come back next week and you get Jesse. And don't leave because of what I said. I want to do something first. Where's Nathan? Uh, Nathan shared a testimony with me today that I think is worth sharing. And I love testimonies because the Bible says we overcome by the word of our testimony and by Jesus. So testimonies stir up something. So I want him to share this with you today just to stir up something here. So. Hello. So uh, this testimony had happened this week, and um, my parents, they're in Florida, or were in Florida, and um, my dad had this severe abnormal pain, which he thought was diverticulitis, which is also very painful, um, and, you know, just kept going on and going on, and it got to the point where it was so excruciating that he had to go to the ER. So he's in the ER in Florida, and uh, they did bunch of scans, eventually a CT scan, and they found out he had a 7-millimeter um, kidney stone, which is a really big one. Um, so, and then he has geyser insurance, and for some reason, they wouldn't accept the insurance down there, so he had to fly up um, to our house on uh, Thursday night. So, after we got off the phone, you know, my daughter, she's five, she'll be six soon, she's like, you know, what's going on? And we said, you know, Pappy has a, you know, belly, really bad belly ache, and, and she said, well, we need to pray for him right now. So she prayed for him um, that he'd be healed and um, that, you know, Jesus would take his pain away. And then my dad was still on the phone. He was like, well, it's not gone yet. Um, but so the next day they flew in and they probably got to our house around like 5 o'clock. And my dad's like, I'm not in any pain at all. And we were like, you're, like, you're healed, <laughs> you know. And uh, so they still went to the doctor. They went to the doctor Friday. And they went in like at 10 o'clock. They were there. They didn't get out until about 530 but when I checked in around three, the doctors couldn't find the stone. So, but, well, which that's what we were thinking too. We're like, yes. And so they kept doing more and more and more tests. And then either they found a different stone or we don't really know because they found a four or three millimeter stone, which is like drastically different, which doesn't normally happen overnight. So, uh, you know, that's part of the reason why also he wasn't in pain because the seven millimeters. So he still has to get some treatment, but... It was just pretty awesome that, like, you know, I was just trying to bolster our kids' faith. And, I mean, that was, I don't know. It's just pretty, really cool. So, I love that. I love that he shared that today. I want to do something. So many times we could just pass it off and I'll, I'll just start preaching. But here at Sea Lights, we, we still believe in healing. We believe it's for today. Maybe you don't agree with us, but I, I, there's the example of it happening. It's not just some random person that says they're healed. We know it's verifiable by Dr. Healed. So let's pray. Let's pray right now, because he just shared this testimony. Faith is stirred up in the room. So who needs healing today for something? Anything. You Raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Let's pray. All right? So let's pray. Lord, we thank you, God, uh, for this testimony Nathan shared, God. The, the faith of a child, Lord. We love, I love that example. You moved and you healed, God. We thank you just for this testimony. We declare that over the people that need healing today, God, that you are still a God who heals. And I pray for any, any back pain today. Any, Anything here today, any knee pain, Lord, I pray that it will just go in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God, that you are still healing, Lord. And we just pray for even more testimonies to come out of the day, God. We grab onto that testimony, Lord, and we know that you overcame for us so you can heal us as well, God. 
for us the rest of our time today. Amen. Well, good morning. Uh, there's a few things going on today that I have to share. Uh, uh, maybe I look tired. It's because I am tired. My wife, we just had our second child uh, last Monday. He was born. So I forgot what a newborn's like. Anyone have a kid and then they had a kid like later on? I completely blocked out the newborn phase. Like I'm trying to hold my son. I'm like, I don't want to break him. Uh, I just forgot about how to handle it. And uh, it's been an adjustment. And the worst part is my my daughter now, who's two and a half, decides it's her time to not sleep at night either. Uh, so she's been like coming into our room at like 2.30. And to get her to sleep, we're like, well, just sleep with us. And then she's like kicking me the whole night. And so I am over-caffeinated. I am sleep-deprived. And uh, that brings me to this testimony uh, that is actually pretty, pretty uh, good, at least for me. So I'm sitting there and... I usually like to work on my sermon two weeks ahead of time. I like to get a good grasp on what I'm preaching. And then I have a kid. Uh, so it hindered me from doing what I'm so used to. And because of that, I'm sitting at home last night working through some thoughts. And Satan decides to take advantage of that. And he starts like tapping me and saying, hey, you're not, you're not qualified for this. There's feedback. Uh, you're not. Oh, Rich is gone. Sorry for the feedback. But, uh, and he starts digging at me. And I get here today, and I'm working through it, and then when Mike shares that thing at the beginning of the first song, Unplanned, that was for me. I was so lost in what he was trying to distract me from, and then Mike's like, you're a child of God. And I'm like, this is good. And so I want to say today that I actually believe this is going to be my best sermon yet. You know why? Because the devil tried to take me down the whole time. So let's get going. So turn with me to Revelation 5. And I know I said Revelation. I scared a few people. Uh, sit down. It's okay. I'm not going end times today. Uh, if you want an end times message, it's this. If you're over 30, you're in your end times, so start living like it. I don't, I'm not, I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but if you're over a certain age, your life is winding down, so we're all in our end times. But I want to ask this question today. It's going to be up on the screen. This is a familiar question. This is from the Westminster Catechism, if you recognize it. What is the chief end of man? Uh, what is the purpose of man? What is the extent of man? And when I say man there, they mean women as well. Don't exclude yourself uh, from the day. So what is our purpose? What, is, what are we doing here? And the catechism answers like this. That's all right. It's not that. But uh, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. It doesn't sound so nice. And the catechism is used if you're not used to that word or if you're scared of that word. Uh, in this area. It's used just to guide people through what we believe. We have a catechism at City Lights Church uh, as well, but I love that question. What is our purpose here on earth? And I love it, one, because as a guy who always feels like he has no purpose and answers it for me, and so I'm like, oh, this is my purpose. But I want to state something, because I look at that, and I go, okay, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. So then I have to ask myself a question. Do I? So it leads me to another question. I want to make this statement today. We can't fully glorify or enjoy God if we don't know God, if we don't experience his glory. And I, I can give an example for that. Jesse and Ashley are in Disney World this week. Who loves Disney? Tons of people here I know go to Disney. Ralph and Ali aren't here, but they're Disney fanatics. But I have no desire to go to Disney World, right? People keep giving my daughter Minnie Mouse stuff, and I'm always like, stop it. I am not going to Disney World. 
And me and Jesse get in these conversations because Jesse's been, he loves it. He's like, Ben, you have to experience it. And so I'm hating something. I'm not enjoying something. Why? I've never been. It's probably, the, it's probably the most magical place on earth, right? Like everyone says. But I don't enjoy it, and I couldn't like glorify it, if that's a weird word to use there, because I've never been there to experience it. And so I'm going to get at that today. So let's go to Revelation. This is going to be a little weird because I want you to push past the symbolism of Revelation today. I want you to push past uh, your view on the end times today. And so before this, in the chapter 4, we see that John's invited to the throne room of heaven. And what he encounters is a worship service that has been going on. It says, they never cease to say it. So how many of you enjoyed worship today? I loved it. I wanted it to go longer. But to be honest, I didn't want it to go longer. We tap out so early. This worship service in the throne room of heaven has been going on forever. They never cease saying it. And that, they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come. Another thing, real quick, I know why God's doing something today. That worship set minus one song was for last week. Since we didn't have church, who hated not having church last week? I did. Sit at home in the snow, shoveling before it all turned to ice. Who didn't shovel and it turned to ice and you're like, I should have shoveled yesterday. <laughs> but uh, worship was going forever and they cast their crowns down. And we sang that today. We said, let's join with heaven's song, singing holy. So we actually alluded to this verse today. And I just love that those songs were picked for last week and they make more sense from a message today. Isn't God weird like that? And he's just showing me through everything that he's involved in today. But so we see them worshiping God. And then all of a sudden, let's start in five, um, starting at verse three. And so remember, push past your end times views, push past the weird creatures they mention, and just listen where I'm going today. So, uh, and no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look into it. And I, who's John, began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll. And in between the throne and the four living creatures and among elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it has been slain, with seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out to the earth. And he went and he took the seal from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. When he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying. So real quick, they've been singing the same song forever, right? All of a sudden, they sing a new song. And so this is very important, this next part here. They change the song of heaven. They say, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God. From every tribe and language and people and nation, you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. And then I looked, and I heard around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads and myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. I heard every creature, heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. So today when we sang that song, let's join with heaven. That's what we're joining with. 
today. Uh, but I want to point out a few things that confuse me about this. And one part is, it starts out with John weeping because no one's found worthy. And what does the elder say that's coming? What does he announce? He says, look, the line of the tribe of Judah, right? He turns, and it's a lamb. Wouldn't that, like, to me, and this is me reading this, wouldn't that sort of disappoint you? It doesn't to them, but to me, in my human self right now, if I experience this in person, if someone say, hey, look, a lion, and I turn, and there's a dead lamb, and yet they still give it glory. This is like me saying, hey, look, the Grand Canyon, and I take you to the Archibald Pothole. Right? And if you don't know, if you're not local, that's a state park up the road that's just a hole in the ground. It's no Grand Canyon. This is like me saying, let's go to Disney World, and I drive you to the playground down the street. This is like someone saying to me, Ben, here's a good latte, and they hand me a Dunkin' Donuts handcrafted latte. Don't be fooled by that, people. I've watched how they made it. There's no love or joy in that. But it doesn't make sense. And so I, I see this without experiencing this. I'm going, what, a lamb? A slain lamb? I'm expecting the king of the jungle, and there's this lamb. How am I supposed to give that glory? And what the devil does is he plays on that. Because God's the opposite of what we want him to be, even though we, it's so confusing. But like, so he comes to the lowly. He comes to the poor. We expect the God of the universe. I was running the universe. I'd find the richest person to spread my word, right? And so he's the opposite. And so what the devil does is he places things that look better than the slain land in front of us and says, hey, this is, you can glorify this. It's better. And so I'm finding that in my own life. And I, I'm a preacher that loves to be open and honest. In my own life, I can find things I've given more glory to. Because to me, without experiencing who that slain land is, I can't fully give him glory. And I can't fully enjoy him. Because I just see this slain lamb. And, but yet, the song in heaven changes because of it. Yet not just the elders are worshiping, and not just the creatures. They bring out incense, which... Join us on prayer on Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Me and Jesse, and usually Andy, are here. We bought this incense burner, like the like one you would see in, like, in a liturgical church, and it's awesome in here. Uh, it smells like frankincense all the time. Uh, but they bring out incense. Why? And we have a bad view of incense because we're post-Catholic in this area, but we bring it out because they're doing it in heaven. And so it's an awesome time. But anyway, so they bust out the incense. It's the power of the, and the prayer of the saints. And then not just they worship. All of a sudden, you get a broader view of the throne. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of angels start worshiping the slain lamb. And then not even that, every creature on heaven, in earth, under the earth, which is a funny thought to all like the moles they're worshiping, and everything in the sea decide to worship the slain lamb. And I'm like... I find so many things better to me without experiencing that moment than a slain lamb. I don't want to challenge us today. We can't fully glorify and enjoy something if we don't know or experience it. So to me, I see a slain lamb. To them, they see something that they're saying all glory, all power, all blessing to. I can't do that right now. I'm being honest because I don't see it. But what changes that? What... And we actually make it harder than it is. So I want to get to this. And let's be honest. Today, I'm over-caffeinated, so I'm going fast. So we might get out of here early today. Who loves that, right? I'm trying to beat Jesse's quickest sermon time. Jesse's always like, what? I'm done preaching? And I'm always cheering in the back, which causes him to yell at me. I'm just kidding. But if we were quick, I want it to be quick because I want to do something in worship at the end as well. So 
Let's go to Second uh, Corinthians three. So, how do we experience him? Right? We can't. I mean, I, I hope one day I, I get to go to that throne. Our hope all one day is to fully experience that glory they're seeing there. But how do we experience him now? And I want to challenge us. We've made it so much harder than it has to be. So how do we experience the glory and the fullness of the Lord and the Lamb who was slain? Simple. We do nothing. And hear me out. This is going to be a crazy thought. Not we do nothing as we don't try to do anything, but we do nothing because he's done it all for us. So if we don't have that thought in our head that we experience him, not because we follow laws to get up to him, not because we do this, he's already there with the open invitation to experience his glory and the fullness of him to enjoy him. We just have to step into that. That's all we have to do. And so we made it hard. So let's go to 2 Corinthians 3. We've read from this a lot this series because it's one of our favorite sections on glory. And so Jesse's preached this, and I'm about to preach this. But Paul goes into this, this comparison of Moses and the New Covenant. And so we all know the story of Moses, right? He gets out of Egypt, and then all of a sudden God's like, hey, I want to visit with you. I'm going to be on this mountaintop. Everyone's invited. Come on up. The Israelites ended up not wanting to go, so God's like, never mind, they're not invited. Moses, you're allowed up. So Moses goes up, gets the Ten Commandments, and he comes back down. They made an idol already because they missed Moses. They didn't know what was going on, so they made their own idol. Moses gets mad, destroys the Ten Commandments, goes back up, gets another Ten Commandments, comes back down. And then, I love what Paul says here, he had to put a veil over his face because of how much glory was up on top of that mountain. The Israelites could not stare at him. And so, he came back with so much glory on laws for us to follow to what? Get to that mountaintop. Right? He said, okay, here are the laws to meet Jesus. Here are the laws to get up to that mountaintop. Thank goodness it just didn't end there. Why? None of us could follow those laws. Right? They led to death. Paul goes on. Actually, let's read the full thing. So if the ministry, starting at verse 7. If the ministry of death carved in letters on stone came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which is being brought to an end, take note of that, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there is glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. Since then, we have a hope. We are very bold not like Moses, but a veil over his face, the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end, but their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because through Christ it is taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their heart. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and when the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of God are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. I love that. Imagine it ending with the law is the most glorious thing ever. 
I'm a guy, I hate rules. Uh, I just hate following things. I, I bump up against leadership all the time. Not at the church, I respect Jesse, but at my other job, I'm always like questioning their motives behind it, and I don't like rules. And so if all that was handed to us with glory was 10 rules that we had to follow, I would not never follow them. Anyone else? Anyone else try to follow those rules? Who broke them in like two seconds? Right? And so the best part is the slain lamb with their worshiping heaven came down with more glory. And the glory wasn't rules to make us go up there. The glory was freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And the best part is I love how Paul says, for what is permanent has so much more glory. So from the day on the cross when Jesus showed love and forgiveness, a permanent covenant was put into place that said, come experience me regardless of what you've done in life. There's no more laws why do we still fall back to thinking Christianity is a bunch of rules we have to follow? Anyone else have that problem? Like you, and this is, I'll get, this is how you know you have that problem. I'm speaking to myself as well. Something doesn't go right in your life, and you immediately try to think of all the sins you've committed in the past week, right? That's how you know you have the problem of still going back to the old covenant. It's so, we're like, okay, what did I do? Did I, did I curse? Did I smoke when I wasn't supposed to? Did I drink too much? Did I do this? Do I do this? Do I do this? Why is God mad at me? That's not the case anymore. And this is not to say, I love grace. This whole church is about grace. Paul has a famous saying, does this mean that there's so much grace you to sin? No. But you can't stop sinning unless you fully experience the love of God that says, you don't have to do this and be this way anymore. Come on. And so, this is the thought I had. And do you mind if I preach for a minute? Let's go, let's go back to the basics. So, I love the basics because we forget about the basics. So, we have this set of laws that say, this is how you get to the mountaintop. This is the gospel message. I'm preaching it for 2 Corinthians today, which no one ever does. We have this set of laws that said, let's get to the mountaintop. You know what God did? Turned the mountain upside down and brought the mountaintop to us. Where the peak of his glory is, he brought it down to us in the man Jesus Christ. And so no longer do we have to struggle to get up there. He's giving an open invitation to enjoy him right now. And I love this because you, at the end of this, at the beginning of this, you're like, oh, Moses hid his face because he had so much glory. Why does Paul say Moses is veiling his face near the end of this section of verses? He was afraid the Israelites would see that the glory was fading. So he's like, oh, it's over. I better hide my face. I don't want to lose what they think we have here. From the moment those commandments came down, the glory of having to follow those rules and the glory that would lead us to death, it was, they say right here, it led us to death, started slowly fading. And Christ came with a glory. There's not just a glory. It's a glory to glory to glory. Transformed his image from glory to glory. And I love that. We can, I can say it like this. So Moses was afraid to go into anything and to see, let the Israelites see that he had, the glory was fading. But Paul says, so we with unveiled faces boldly go. What does unveiled faces mean? We don't care that God sees what we're like. We don't care about the past sin and shame. We don't care about the sins we committed this past week. We can still boldly approach him and experience his glory. That's good news. If that's anything, that's the best news you'll hear today. Other than when the Patriots win next week. That's good news. I'm a closet Patriots fan. Anyone else a Patriots fan? Yeah. But uh, 
Everyone's leaving the church after that. <laughs> but this is news that we hear all the time. It's the gospel. That, I, just, I just told you the gospel basically right there in a different way through 2 Corinthians. And we forget it all the time. And instead of being able to experience God and to step into the fullness of his glory and to enjoy him, we start running the opposite direction, afraid that he's going to come with shame and punishment. And that's not who he is at all. I want to get to know God. I want to boldly get to know God. I don't want to let what my week was stop me from getting to know God. Because obviously it's worth something that, that everyone is worshiping him right now, and I'm afraid to go and worship him and experience that glory because of what I've done. Our cry, and I want to challenge us today, let's meet him today. Let's put past what we're doing, what our sins are, and let's boldly say, Lord, I want to experience your glory. What was once unattainable, meant for a few, is now meant for us, the masses. And we're so used to forgetting. I want to challenge you today, and this is a dangerous thing to say as a preacher. You can't experience glory from the words I'm speaking right now. Maybe it will help you get there, but if you're just going off my description, you're missing what he has for you. It needs to be a personal, like, a personal thing. Why? One, I could describe him wrong, and two... I love food. And so I can sit up here and tell you about the best meal I ever had, what went into it. Until you eat that meal, you'll never know. So don't sit here dang, okay. And Jesus and Paul proved that by saying it used to be one man, Moses, that they would get it from. And now he's saying it's everyone can get it. So if your glory is just coming to church on a Sunday and experiencing my talking about him, you're missing out on a deep relationship with the lamb that was slain. You're missing out on it. <laughs> I want to, uh, let's turn. Uh, I don't think I have it back there, but I'll read it quickly. And this is why this is so important. And this is, a, I love uh, when I was reading this section of uh, scripture. This is actually Jesus. And so this is important today because Jesus actually prayed it at one point that we would witness and behold his glory. So in John 17, this is what they call the high priestly player. This is in the garden right before he's handed over. Uh, I'll let you guys, you guys can turn there. It won't be on the screen, but it's uh, John 17, verse 24. And this is Jesus praying, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. That's a prayer Jesus prayed. So that's like the, maybe the most important prayer in history. <laughs> like, it's him saying, you know what? I desire that they see my glory. And we're here going, but God must not like us, and my week's been bad. And Jesus' prayer is still ringing out today. I desire that you see my glory. So are we reverting back to the old and saying, we're not worthy, Lord, like in Wayne's world? Or are we saying, you know what? We don't have to climb the mountain. The mountain's here. It's Jesus Christ. It's the Lamb who was slain. And we can experience it boldly. I love that. Uh, the thing that strikes me so odd, like this odd about the lion and the lamb thing, is because it never goes back to calling him the lion. It's the whole time, and this is what I want to say in that, we can miss what God is doing if we don't know who God is. And the Jewish people still think, they're still waiting for that lion to show up and conquer their enemies. 
And instead, we have a slain lamb that showed love and said, everyone's invited. Everyone's invited. I love, Martin ended the service, the worship service today with that verse from Galatians. You know what that means? Everyone's invited. And we're sitting in the pew going, not me. Not after you see what I did. And he's saying, stop it. He's saying, enjoy my glory. So, worship team, I hope, Jesse, I might have beaten your record, and I hope I get a prize. But worship team, if you guys want to come up, I want to do something today. It's one thing for me, like I was saying, just to say this and you to go home and try to do it. Uh, but let's be honest. I've walked out of services before and forgot what was spoken. So why not just invite the Lord here right now in this worship time, right? So one, if you've never experienced his glory, or, and if you've never asked him to be your savior, I invite you to do that today. In this time, in this worship time, we can sing how great thou art, but if we're never experiencing how great he is, you're missing out on the fullness of what he has to offer. So to recap, our purpose is to glorify him and enjoy him. We can't do that if we don't experience his glory or try to get to know him. So in this worship time, I want you guys to one, say, Lord, I want to, it's a simple prayer. Like, it's not hard. It's not a set of rules you have to follow. It's just, okay, Lord, your prayer is crying out that you desire for us to be with you. I partner with that prayer. I want to be with you, and I want to see your glory, and I want to fully enjoy you. And so when we get to that point, we, we know, and when we experience his glory, then we can start shouting out how great you are, Lord, how great you are. When we witness and see what the slain lamb has done for us, it changes our lives. All of heaven is worshiping right now. Let's join with that song today. Let's join with that. So I encourage you to stand. I like standing because it sort of engages us more than sitting down. But let's worship him today, and let's get to know him today. Let's invite him here today. So Lord, today we want to we experience your glory, God. We're so grateful that you are the lamb who was slain before the foundations of the world, not to give us another rule book, God, but to invite us into a covenant of love. God, we thank you today, Lord, of what you're doing in this service, God. And we cry out, Lord, we want to meet you today, God. We just don't want to hear about you, Lord. We want you to show up today, God. God, show us your glory today, God. And from that, God, we want to give you everything we have. We want to worship you with all we have because you're worth it today, God. I just come against any fear, any shame that's in this place. We invite your love here today, God. Your perfect love that casts out fear. Fear of condemnation. Fear of previous sins. Fear of what the past, of what you've done. Come step into his love and his glory. God, I thank you that there's healing here today too. In your glory, in your, in your presence, God, there's healing. We just claim it today over the people in, this, in these pews, Lord. God, we want to know you, God. We want to know who you are so we can fully give you glory and enjoy you forever. God, we thank you that you even say you're the fountain of living water that never runs dry. I want to jump into that fountain today, God, and realize all you have for us. Holy Spirit, come. Presence of the living God, come invade this place. 